Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas, all peoples listening all over the place. It's back to school Tuesday here at Liberty Baptist Academy at Liberty Baptist Church. Greetings to all of you youngsters headed our direction. Can't wait to see you back here again. This is The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM. Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. If you'd like to be part of the program, you can call us at 702-647-4522 or email radio at experienceliberty.com. We had a huge storm here in Las Vegas last night. Personally, I, I love huge storms. I love thunder and lightning. You just you have to be smart because we live in a desert and our desert doesn't quite know what to do with rain. So then you have flooding and you have issues, so you need to be very careful uh, when it storms like this here in Las Vegas. Now, if that storm had happened in Pennsylvania, we would call it an afternoon shower. But here in Las Vegas, because we live in a desert and it never rains, it's a huge, huge deal, right? And uh, that huge deal seems to have knocked out our power last night here in the studio and we were off the air for a little while, so our apologies if you were trying to find us, but... You know, our uh, our systems were, were not appreciating the rain and the thunder and the lightning as much as the rest of us were. And we're still working on getting our online stream back up. So if you're trying to listen at kvxl101.com, I'm sorry. You're hearing nothing right now. I'm trying to trying to get that back up for you guys as quickly as we can. All right, let's get to some headlines. We're going to have Stephen Perkins and Dan Roth from Outset Magazine are going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about uh, the latest from the, uh, the Hillary emails incident as well as some other things. Apparently, it does take a village to find all the emails. Uh, anyway, let's start here because this is just a this is just a a fun place to start. This is from ESPN. Twenty Major League Baseball teams are going to attend Tim Tebow's workout next Tuesday, August thirtieth. 20. Tim Tebow is scheduled to hold a workout for Major League Baseball teams on August 30th in Los Angeles, a source told ESPN's Jerry Krasnick. Over 20 Major League Baseball teams are confirmed to attend the workout, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter. For almost the past year, Tebow has been training in Arizona and L.A. to hone his hitting and fielding skills in a sport he has not played on a full-time basis since 2005. Tebow was an all-state baseball player in Florida that year and hit 494 as a junior, helping Nice High School reach the final four of the Florida State playoffs. Interesting note, Tebow had a tryout with the Los Angeles Dodgers before this season, sources have told ESPN's Darren Roble. It's like ESPN wants to know how many times they can fit in their different sources and that the things that they were told. A, sc- a scout was present for the workout, and the team showed interest in Tebow afterward. Tebow, 29, of course, won the Heisman in two national championships, won the uni- 
with the University of Florida and was drafted in the first round by the all-awesomely amazing Denver Broncos in 2010. I appreciate that ESPN threw those adjectives in there. Or maybe it was just me. You'll never know. He has not played in the NFL since 2012 with the New York Jets, but went to training camp with the Patriots in 2013 and Eagles in 2015. Obviously, his desire to play baseball has been met with a mixed reaction, but the fact that 20 teams are going to show up for his workout, the dude's going to end up in minor leagues, people. Once again, dear Mets, please, if any of you are listening, which I you know, kind of doubt, but if you are, please sign Tim Tebow and send him to your AAA team here in Las Vegas. Sincerely, all of us in Las Vegas. That is all. All right, you may have seen this going around on Facebook. Have you seen that Pledge of Allegiance request form that your child could be exempted from saying the Pledge of Allegiance? You could fill it out, check the box, say, you know what, I don't want my kids to get it. It's a, it's You probably saw it. Maybe you haven't, but it's been circling, circling, circulating around on Facebook. And it says, I understand my rights as a parent, and I request that my child, noted above, be excused from reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. This request includes standing and placing his or her right hand over his or her heart. Now, obviously, many patriotic Americans have been sharing this image, decrying the evils of the country that we live in, and how terrible it is, and how the left is taking over, and how we have to make America great again, and all these things. But you need to know the whole story. And our friend Todd Starnes over at Fox News, he was on the show last week, he wrote a piece on this, and he said the following. At first, Michael Brennan thought his sister-in-law's text message was a joke. I was immediately shocked by it. Mr. Brennan of Bonita Springs, Florida, told me I thought it was fake. But the text message was not fake. It was a real deal. It was a Pledge of Allegiance waiver from his niece's public school in Tallahassee, Florida. And it said, I understand my rights as a parent, and I request that my child, noted above, be excused from reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. This request includes standing and placing his or her right hand over his or her heart. His sister-in-law returned the form to the school with the following message. Quote, this is the dumbest thing I have ever read, and I am so ashamed of this. Unquote. Now, Mr. Brennan is not one to post political stuff on his social networking pages, but when he saw the Pledge of Allegiance waiver, he couldn't resist. I thought it was definitely something that needed to be out on social media, he said. He posted an image of the waiver on Facebook and wrote the following. My niece brought this home from school today. What is happening to our country? His message took off faster than Michael Phelps in a kiddie pool and late yesterday afternoon landed on Mr. Todd Starn's desk. I believe it's another stop in the progressive political movement to destroy the education system, Mr. Brennan told me. We have a lot of American values and traditions that seem to be whittling away. That's true. But you might be surprised to learn who was ultimately responsible for the waiver. It wasn't far-left Democrats. No, it was Republicans. This is a response to a Florida law voted on by the Florida legislature and signed by Governor Rick Scott, said Chris Petley, the spokesman for Leon County Schools. Specifically, he was referring to Florida Statute 1003.44. That law dictates to all school districts in Florida that each student shall be informed by a written notice published in the student handbook or a similar publication pursuant to uh, Statute 1006.072 that the student has the right not to participate 
in reciting the pledge. In other words, don't blame Leon County Schools. Or even leftist or the left-wing media. No, we are required by law, we are required rather to comply with the law, said the Leon County School spokesman. Republicans signed off on that, folks. Republicans. That's like finding a hair on a biscuit. (laughs) I love Todd Starnes' sense of humor. Mr. Brennan, who voted for Governor Scott, says he still opposes the pledge waiver. If we don't make a stand now, we might not have the Pledge of Allegiance in school, he said. What's next? Removing the flags? This is only the beginning. Florida's Pledge of Allegiance waiver should not come as a surprise to readers of this column. Mr. Starnes has long documented the attack on patriotism in our public school system. It won't be long before kids will need a notary public before they can sing the national anthem or wave old glory. George Washington is probably looking down from heaven, shaking his head and wondering, I crossed the Delaware for this? Again, that's from Ms. from Todd Starnes. You can find more on that article and that in, that situation at toddstarnes.com. But I think it's interesting. I think it's it, it, it when you know the whole story, it contradicts a lot of the narrative and a lot of the commentary that has been shared alongside this image of this Pledge of Allegiance um, request to be excused from recital picture. Because many of us are simply assuming, and I say us so as not to make you feel bad if you've shared this and said something that now you may realize may not be true. This is one of the reasons why you know everyone talks about the presidential election, everyone thinks about the presidential election into a to a degree, but not as much so, you know, the, the Senate races and the congressional races. But state-level legislation affects you and your family more than many of us ever stop to think about. You need to know who your state officials are, who your local officials are. This is a law that was passed by the Republican Florida legislature and signed into law by the Republican governor that children must be given the opportunity to opt out of the pledge. This is state-level legislation. You can't blame a progressive school system for something that a Republican state legislature signed into law. You just can't do it. We can't just make assumptions about things without knowing the facts about them. Even if they're facts that we don't necessarily happen to like. All right. Here's one that kind of gets my dander up a little bit. If you're not familiar with that phrase, I'd encourage you to Google it. It's a it's a it's a good old fashioned phrase. This is from the Blaze. Democratic VP pick Tim Kaine tells Christian leaders that Hillary Clinton's faith is the quote root of everything she does. Democratic vice presidential hopeful Tim Kaine attended the Progressive National Baptist Convention's annual meeting this week in New Orleans. Let me repeat that. Tim Kaine attended the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Progressive Baptists. That's, um... That's a whole nother subject, and I'm just not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole right now. 
because it will take me on a tangent that we don't have time for. So let's just stick with this. Addressing the group of African-American Baptist leaders Thursday, Kane explained how Hillary Clinton's Methodist Christian background has shaped the way she leads. Some of you know this story. She was a Midwestern Methodist church kid. Now I know a lot of those Midwestern Methodist church kids growing up. And there is a beautiful sense of duty, Kane said, according to a transcript provided by the Christian Post, uh, or to the Christian Post, rather, by the Clinton campaign. I think a lot of you know Hillary very well, either from her time in Arkansas, her time as First Lady, her time as Senator, her time as Secretary of State. That Methodist connection, that beautiful sense of duty, the obligation to others, this is the root of everything she does. Which, by the way, pro tip, I don't care if they're progressive, Southern, independent, I wouldn't walk into a convention of Baptists and be like, She's such a good Methodist, and that's what makes her awesome. (laughs) Know your audience. All right, back to the article. Kane, who is a professed Catholic, shared about the time when Clinton's youth pastor took her to Chicago to see Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who talked to her about a migrant worker issue beyond what she had ever experienced. And then that opened her up to the fact that there were issues out there that she needed to grapple with. So as a law student, she went to work for Marion Wright Edelman at the Children's Defense Fund, he explained. She went to Dothan, Alabama to expose and investigate school segregation after she graduated. She went to Yale. She could have gone to Wall Street. She could have gone anywhere, but she went to work for the Children's Defense Fund to defend the right of young people in South Carolina's juvenile justice system. The Democratic presidential candidate has also invoked her faith uh, on the campaign trail. Back in January at a rally in Knoxville, Iowa, Clinton shared how her Methodist background has influenced her political ideology. My study of the Bible, my many conversations with people of faith, has led me to believe the most important commandment is to love the Lord with all your might and to love your neighbor as yourself. And this that is what I think we are commanded by Christ to do, Clinton said, according to the New York Times. Well, we don't have to think that, Mrs. Clinton, you're correct. Jesus said that that's the most important commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. There is so much more in the Bible about taking care of the poor, visiting the prisoners, taking in the stranger, creating opportunities for others to be lifted up, to find faith in themselves, that I think there are many different ways of exercising your faith. I don't read a whole lot about faith in yourself in my Bible. I read about faith in in God. But I do believe that in many areas, judgment should be left to God, that being more open, tolerant, and respectful is what makes me humble about my faith. I am in awe of people who truly turn the cheek all the other cheek all the time, who can go that extra mile that we are called to go, who keep finding ways to forgive and move on, said Mrs. Clinton. All right, so clearly uh, Hillary is better versed in Christian speak than Mr. Trump. That's not even a question, and if you care to to debate that, we can go directly to 2 Corinthians and see what we find there. But Mrs. Clinton... I mean, you, you you can't argue with the fact that she clearly either has excellent advisors or she gets a general idea of a lot of the Christian concepts, kind of twists them around and make them into what she wants them to be and leaves out a lot of the story. But she's got the idea, right? Here's my problem with this. When Tim Kaine is talking about her work with children and how instead of going to Wall Street, she went to defend children. No, she defended a child rapist and got the dude off the hook and laughed about it. Is that what her faith teaches her to do? I mean, if, if as Mr. Kane says, 
Hillary's faith is the root of everything she does and is the driving force behind everything she does, I, I don't see that. I mean, are we saying that Hillary's faith is what drives her to lie and to commit treason, to call for the unfettered murder of innocent, unborn children? I mean, with all due respect, I don't recognize this faith that you speak of, Mr. Kane. And of the many Methodists that I happen to know, I don't see that as being the root of, of their faith. And from my study of the life of Christ, I don't see that. I don't see defending rapists and laughing about it. I don't see the the call to to deception and lies. I don't see where Jesus says, "Oh, unplanned pregnancy, not a problem. Kill the baby." I I don't see that. I don't see where the 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 actions of Mrs. Clinton reflect the teachings of Jesus. Overall. Now, does she know many of the right things to say? Can she speak Christianese? Yeah, she can. Pretty good, in fact. But there's a difference between knowing what to say and living like Christ. Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round, and they can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use, and you can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes with, who did I say was on today? Oh, Stephen Perkins and Dan Roth from Outset Magazine are going to be with us momentarily. Don't go away. This is uh, Hillsong with Mighty to Save. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM. We're still working on getting our stream back up over at KVXL101.com. I was just telling the guys that our storm last night seems to have messed with our system a little bit. And we don't have everything back up and running yet, but hopefully here soon that will will all be working. So we have Stephen Perkins from Outset Magazine and Dan Roth. I was thinking, Dan, that really we should just re- rebrand what it means to be a polytechnic person because we could take the poly and make that uh make that political and tech because you're you're just very techy. What do you what do you think? Should we just call you our resident polytech? I mean something like that, why not? I, I feel like it could work. It could. It it really could. Steven? Care to care to I support it. Sure, let's do it. Okay, Dan is our polytech then. Of course, now whenever anyone tunes in and didn't hear why we call him that, they're going to be very confused. But anyway, (laughs) um, all right, so you guys, I I love having you on because it gives me 
an excuse to talk about political stuff. And not that I need one, because technically this is my show, so I could talk about anything that I want all the time. But regardless, let's talk about uh, Mrs. Clinton. Um, Somebody tweeted yesterday, I can't remember who it is, so I'm not going to be able to give them credit for it, but uh, they said apparently it does... Oh, I think it was Billy Hallowell. Billy Hallowell, I think, tweeted that apparently it does take a village to find all the emails. Because uh, as of yesterday, I believe it was, yeah, yesterday was Monday, uh, the FBI apparently found another almost 15,000 emails that we have not previously seen. (laughs) Which makes me go, oh, all right, because that's about, you know, I think we had originally, what, 30,000 emails that they said, oh, here's all of them. Well, actually, we kept back an extra 15,000, which is, you know, half of 30, so nearly 50% more than we said was all of them is, is actually maybe all of them. Stephen, does this, what, what, what do we make of this? What you make of it is, is that from the very beginning, it, it's clear that, that she has not been telling the truth about the emails, but, but also it, the content of these emails are also um, extremely sad in, in the sense that she was essentially getting Clinton Foundation donors special meetings, or at least her, her chief of staff uh, was. And what that shows is that she could be bought, and, and, and that confirms that what, what people thought all along. And to make matters worse, uh, the foundation still taking donations, um, still very clear that you could potentially – buy off the next president if you have enough money. I've thought about donating, but I, I don't <laughs> think anyone would loan them enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, this shows that she's been less than truthful throughout the whole process. Um, even though people are tired of hearing about the emails, I feel it's still important in the sense that, you know, if, if you tell the truth from the, from the beginning, you, you get in less trouble. And I feel like she just keeps digging herself in this hole. It's exactly right, but no matter it's like no matter how dig they deep, it just doesn't matter. The media won't cover it; they never will, and that shouldn't shock anyone. But I, I, it fascinates me. I'm sure you guys have seen the meme. You know, Ryan Lochte may or may not have sort of told the truth or not about an incident in Rio, and the whole world explodes. We have these hard hitting interviews. Did this actually happen, or is he lying? And then you know, Hillary Clinton. Is 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 very very deeply tangled in this web of deceit and and emails and potentially treason, but the media is just like yeah you know no biggie. Dan, why why why? Please just help us, Dan. Well, yeah, you know it's one of those things. I mean, to, to watch Ryan Lochte burn and nobody really cares, and everybody likes a good train wreck. So you know he's a perfect person to basically just destroy in the media. Mm. But Hillary, people are just like, well, well, that's our person. I mean, we can't, we can't go against her, make her look bad, or else then we get Donald Trump. So you got a little bit of that going on. Uh, I can't imagine how much influence media has uh, with Hillary Clinton. Uh, who knows? Maybe some of their names will show up in these emails, and they don't like that as well. So. Huh. There is a possibility of protecting themselves. I don't know, but it's it could be the case. That's an interesting theory, which I hadn't thought of, but that's, that's very, 
Very interesting theory. You know, I, what gets me is that Clinton's um, campaign spokesman, the guy's name is Brian Fallon. I don't believe he's related to Jimmy in any ways. But he said, uh, as we have always said, Hillary Clinton provided the State Department with all the work-related emails she had in her possession in 2014. We're not sure what additional materials the Justice Department may have located, but if the State Department determines any of them to be work-related, then obviously we support those documents being released publicly as well. Well, but you just said less than a second ago that you released all of the work-related ones. So either you did or you didn't. It's not, well, but if they found some more, then obviously those ones should be public. But, oh, but we gave them all already. Like, they can't even lie without lying. Stephen, how, what, what, does this, are there more emails still? I mean, are we going to keep hearing about the emails forever and always? I mean, there probably are. You can. It's it's pretty safe to say she sent more than forty five thousand emails during her time as Secretary of State. But yeah. on top of that, you, you have had the campaign saying from the very beginning that they released all the emails, and, and they've they've almost tried to turn it into um, the fault of the State Department, saying that oh, they're just choosing not to release all the emails, and we've turned over all of them. Uh, and it turns out with with every new batch that comes out. Um, it's not about yoga. It's not about Chelsea. Um, it's not about these these nonchalant issues that they claim it is. It's about some substantial findings. Um, and, and like I said, if they were honest from the beginning, and even if they said, wait a second, that's not all the email. There's more emails that, that need to be released. I, I think they'd score so many points. So like, if, if you can look like the honest one in a race against Donald Trump, you're going to score points. I People are, are getting so sick of, of the lies that are coming out of the campaign. Um, and and I, I think that, I mean, it's too late now, but I think that if she would have just been honest in the beginning, uh, people would have forgiven her. Seriously, this has got to be the easiest election for either side to score major points by doing the most basic, simple things. And it's like neither team gets it. Like, you don't have to do anything profoundly, awesomely amazing. You know, if Trump could come out and give a, a very, what to, for any other candidate would be an extremely basic, uh, just general speech on issues of conservatism and freedom, and he would score a bazillion points. And as Hillary, she, yes, exactly, if she would come out and just even appear to be honest in any way, She'd go up in the polls. I mean, Trump releases one ad and it has a several point swing in the polls. One ad, one, just one. Like it, it blows my mind how different this election is from I think every other election of my lifetime. But um, and speaking of that, so I saw this one yesterday, and uh, Steven says I know you are you have outset and. Um, Dan, I know you, you're into the, the new media stuff as well. I found this interesting, that Melania Trump is now taking legal action against the Daily Mail for what she is calling defamation because of a derogatory article about her past. Which, And I haven't read into exactly what she is suing them for, but as best I can tell from the surface, it appears that she's suing them for saying things that are probably true. Is that correct? Dan, have you looked into this at all? Well, the the headline I keep saying is basically they 
at least insinuated that, uh, for lack of a better term, she was a woman of the night. And uh, there's questions on what is that true? I mean, and, and here's the thing that gets me about this whole story is, you know, you hear about all these feminists saying we need to treat women with respect, this, that, the other thing. And then when there is a case where a woman may have been, you know, inappropriately categorized in the media, I hear nothing from the third wave feminists. Mm. Nothing. And and you have to ask the question. Anytime somebody says they're for something, I watch their actions to determine if they're actually for that. Do they call a spade every single time? And in this case, they're not. So I cannot help but draw to the conclusion that all these quote-unquote feminists aren't actually feminists, and they have some other agenda. Because if they didn't have another agenda, they'd be all over this story. But they're not. No, that that's true, because if you say anything at all about Hillary, then clearly you're simply anti-woman, regardless of how true it is. So we, we there's definitely a double standard there. You're right. But, Stephen, is it ever—I mean, when we say that we can sue the press, and I don't think this would be as big of an issue if we hadn't had Mr. Trump— throughout his campaign, threatening to sue the press repeatedly uh, simply for saying things that he didn't like. That's not exactly Republican-esque or even American, is it? No, but Trump loves to sue just as much as he likes to build things, and so it's kind of (laughs) part of his DNA. Uh, I agree with Dan that it is an extreme double standard, and, and it's unfortunate to see the way that certain people have responded to this. But also what's interesting about it is um, from an optics standpoint, it's kind of that old political thing about um, making claims about your opponent just to hear them deny it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for her, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, people already have this image of her and, and it's uh, in part because of, of her actual verifiable past. Uh, but now her threatening to sue and having to deny it, it, it kind of shows it, it brings light to, to the uh, to the news, and it makes um, it makes a big deal out of it. And I, I as, as much as I think that you know defamation should be handled, if it is indeed defamation, um, at a certain point, if your husband has a campaign to run and, and you're very much part of that campaign, um, not necessarily the smartest thing to, to harp on that, especially like when you said earlier. For both sides, this should be an easy election, mm-hmm. uh, but both sides are making it harder on themselves. Yeah. Yeah, you don't—this is not something you want to focus on. You want to say, no. nope, it's not true. We're going to go back to, here's what is true. Hillary did this, Hillary did that. And really, I think that's what a lot of Americans would just like to see at some point in our politics, where we can get away from these personal attacks and just actually talk about issues. I don't know if this campaign— will ever reach that point on either side. I'm hoping maybe that when the debates come around that we might see something of substance. I actually think the debates this year will be fascinating. That's probably the next big thing politically that I'm looking forward to. Dan, do you think that anything significant happens in this race between now and our first debate? You know, it's just going to be more of the same. As you both mentioned, it's it wouldn't take much for either team to score points in this race. And I feel like I'm watching that South Park episode where the boys don't want to keep playing baseball, so they keep trying to lose the game. But so is the other team because they don't want to play baseball anymore. 
and and that's what we've got going on here is there's just a whole lot of shouting. It's a very loud election, just shouting and name calling and really not getting into the meat of it. But here's the thing. I'm I'm not sure America wants the meat of the election, unfortunately, because mm. I don't hear a lot of clamoring for, okay, let's talk about issues instead of this person said this and that person said that and let's stop the name calling. But this is where we're at. And it seems that the population's eating it up because everyone's talking about it. That's true. That's true. They are. But interestingly though, the thing is people want somebody that's likable. And again, it wouldn't take a whole lot to be more likable than, than your opponent this time around. It really wouldn't. And I think to, to his credit, I think Donald Trump going to Louisiana and passing out food, which, by the way, for all those of you who keep saying that he personally brought all this stuff and donated himself, that's not true. He just showed up and helped pass it out. But regardless, the fact that he actually took time to go there and meet with residents and put on galoshes and walk around and talk to people that are suffering, that was the thing that was, I think, the first thing that he's done this campaign that has actually made me step back and go, okay, that is a that is a mark of someone that is actually a leader. Stephen, do you think that was a good move for Trump politically or non-politically even? I do. I found myself thinking of the same thing. Like, well, he's not that bad of a guy, and I was a little scared by that emotion. But <laughs> um, nonetheless, nonetheless, he did look like a leader, and I think people uh, saw the, the human side of Trump, um, as, as tough as that is to see sometimes. Um so this entire campaign, I mean, I, there's a tweet by Charles Lipson. He said, if the if the election's about Hillary, Trump wins. If it's about Trump, Hillary wins. And both candidates want right. it to be about Trump. Um, Ooh. You have Hillary Clinton, who is not a very good politician, like objectively speaking, not a good politician. She never has been. Um, but here she is with the advantage over Trump simply because of what he's done. And while I am not looking to, you know, give advice to either campaign, um, what I would say is that I, I think it's important to, um, I think it is important to talk about some of the issues because I think independents, the, the people who are still on the fence by now, if they're still on the fence, they really do care about that policy discussion. And when you look on social media, Hillary Clinton is always tweeting about Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is always tweeting about himself or chicken or sometimes Hillary Clinton. Um, and it's just, I, I think that, uh, I think that until the debates, it'll continue to be that way. Um, but, and, you know, until then it, it's, it's kind of, it doesn't look the greatest in terms of what the communication will look like from the campaign. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Debates are right around the corner. I cannot believe how quickly this year is going. All right. So the very, very important question of the day that we're going to end with, Dan, we'll start with you. Tim Tebow is, has a, his Major League Baseball tryout next Tuesday. Does he make it in Major League Baseball? This is the important news of the day. This is the this is the this, yes. This is the question that everyone actually wants to know the answer to. So we have to give the people what they want. He's trending on, will, on Twitter right I now. I will say this. Yeah, I will say this. You know, I kind of like stories of this because it does take away from the insanity of politics and kind of the silliness. And, you know, Tebow's shown a lot of heart in his career. And that's the one thing when I look at Tim Tebow and I'm just like, you know what? Regardless of what you think of his talent as a player, 
the guy has heart. He doesn't give up. He keeps trying. And yeah. you know what? Whatever happens, I'm glad he, you know, went out and, you know, gave it a shot. And, you know, that's a lesson I think we can all teach uh, the kids of America today, you know. You might get knocked down a little bit, but you just got to keep trying. So in in that spirit, I'm hoping he does well. Yeah. Steven, do you have anything? I don't know if you even li- – you like baseball, right? I know you don't like football, which is basically makes you a Canadian. But what are your thoughts on <laughs> Tebow and, and baseball? Yeah, now that Tim Tebow is becoming a baseball player, maybe I'll, um, you know, I'll be more interested in his career. No, I, I agree with Dan. He's whatever you think about his performance or his career, it's very clear that he's a, just a good guy, um, and he works really hard, um, and he puts his heart into everything he does, and he and he he's he's really teaching people that um, just because um, you're you're out of a game doesn't mean that you're out of the series, and so. Um, going to baseball will be interesting. I, I hope that he becomes – I don't know how, how athletics first. Like if you're good at football, does that mean that you're still <laughs> transferred to baseball? I don't know. I, I'm not good with, at any of them, so I, I would not I would not know that at all. But, you know, I, I hope I'm the best and uh, I'll be interested to see what team, if any, picks him up. Well, apparently, and I didn't know this till this morning when I got into the studio and I saw he was trending, and so I, I clicked on an article about it. Uh, I guess the, the Dodgers had tried him out prior to this season and had expressed some interest. So then that's basically why he focused this year apparently on baseball and now is having this, this tryout. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we had one of his former Broncos teammates. Oh, who was it? I don't remember. He plays for the Jets now, 87 this is terrible. I can't remember his name. But anyway, he said at the very least he'll end up with a minor league team and whether or not that's because they just want to sell jerseys or they actually, you know, think that he has skills could be debated, but he thinks at the very least he'll end up on a minor league team just because of Tebow's heart and athleticism and or because they want to sell jerseys. And I agree mm-hmm. with that wholeheartedly, and I don't think it's Tebow's fault if someone picks him up simply because they want to sell jerseys that's just you know capitalism i guess so yeah um but yeah i think i think you'll see him playing baseball soon i wouldn't be surprised i think if he had been willing to play or change positions he'd still be playing in the nfl but that's another story for another time and we are out of time so steven dan thank you so much for being here we're trying to recreate our millennials panel in the glory of yesteryear here on uh, 101.1 fm we're not quite there yet, but we're working on it. This is a start. So thank you guys for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you here. It's Stephen underscore Perkins on Twitter. That's Stephen with a PH. And Dan, you're, um, I know it. I know it. Don't tell me. It's Dan12R, as in Rhino, right? Correct. Okay. All right. That's going to go through a couple of but okay. <laughs> All right. We'll get you guys both back on soon. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank, thank you. you. All right, everyone else, thank you for listening. This is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas from Liberty Baptist Church. Our Sunday morning services are at 9.30 and 11.15, and we would love to have you join us for either or both of those services. You can come for both. That would be cool. We also have Sunday night at 6 o'clock and Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, so you can come tomorrow night. Or... If you aren't here in Las Vegas and you'd still like to be part of our services, you can do that. You can go to experienceliberty.com and stream our services live there. Or, of course, you can listen to them here on 101.1 FM. So we are out of time for today. Thank you for being here. Find us on iTunes and SoundCloud at The Friddle Show. And let's see. Let's go out today. 
this is, let's do the piano guys. This is uh, the piano guys. It's called Michael Meets Mozart. It's uh, two guys, one piano, and a bunch of cellos. And the sounds that you hear were only made using a piano and some cellos. I love the piano guys. They're so incredibly talented. I wish if I had one iota of their musical talent, the world would be a completely different place. But alas, I do not. So here are the piano guys. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.